Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. A preacher took a call on a Saturday. A lady asked, will there be a meal at the church service tomorrow? He said, yes. And he gave the time of the morning assembly. She said, what's on the menu? Preacher replied, water, bread, meat, and fruit. She said, thank you, I'll be there. Next morning she arrives and when she comes in the door, she immediately observes there's no food aroma. No steam tables. No silverware. But she takes her seat as the service begins. Preacher gets up at the appropriate time. He says, good morning. Welcome. I hope you're all hungry. She looks around. Curious. Keeps listening. But she heard something next that was familiar. Preacher said, today we'll be having water. Bread. Meat and fruit. And here's how the sermon went. First of all, there's water. Turn with me to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. John 7, 37 and 38. On the last day of the feast, the great day... Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. While you're in the Gospel of John, turn now back to chapter 4 and find verses 13 and 14. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Life on earth is possible and survivable without many things. Bacon. Bluebell ice cream. Coffee. Internet. We could get by with far less. But we have to have water. We have to have water. Every known life form requires water to survive. One of the concerns out west right now is Lake Mead at Hoover Dam where the water level is dangerously low. In some third world countries, a major threat against children and their survival is lack of water. 
We need water. The New Testament teaches us an eternal threat is spiritual dehydration. The parched, dry, and deadly life of living in sin is unhealthy unhealthy and leads to pain and death. And there are people who need the water Jesus spoke of. Jesus is, but they do not even detect thirst or dehydration. There was a time when David really understood his need. When he said in Psalms 63.1, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Jesus came and he said to all who are dry and thirsty and parched, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. This is the beverage all of us need to have spiritual life. And this is on the menu here. This is available to quench the thirst of the soul previously dried up and dying by sin. This is what the preacher offered that Sunday morning. And this is what the lady who called needed. You take and drink and enjoy and have your sins forgiven in response to Jesus Christ. Isaiah 44 in verse 3 uses this imagery as well as Ezekiel 36. But I'll read Isaiah 44, 3. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offering and my blessing on your descendants. Water from God is vital for spiritual life. It is imparted through Jesus Christ. H2O from the giver of life. Next, the preacher said bread is on the menu. And he went over to John 6 and verse 35. Where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. For thousands of years, many human beings have gotten virtually all their calories by eating the produce of one basic crop. Most of us have had some of this the last few days, many of us this morning. Unless you have a dietary condition, otherwise we consume Various forms of wheat. We butter it up. We cover it in jam. We dip it in gravy. But it has become primary in our nourishment. 
When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, everybody knew this statement to be about nourishment and life. Not just taste, though the jam and the gravy helps. Not just taste, nourishment, not just an appetizer. Life-giving sustenance. When you go to the pantry or restaurant, when you place your order, butter your bread, eat that sandwich, remember what is more important than all that. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you can live in a bakery and you can eat up all the inventory at the end of the day and still be lost in sin. You can eat your fill of cornbread, banana bread, rye bread, even unleavened bread and still die in sin. Man does not live by bread alone. We need every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus isn't saying, I'm an appetizer. He's saying, I'm the meal. He is claiming to be the essential, life-giving, spiritual sustenance we must have to be alive with God and ready for the ultimate heavenly feast. The lady who called the preacher was being fed that day and she was understanding that she needed water and she needed bread. <clears throat> and the preacher said, next, we're going to serve up some meat. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. In this context, the Hebrew writer was frustrated because he desired to take his readers to another level of depth of understanding represented by the image of meat, but they were not ready. We need the solid food of God's Word. You start with the basics. You learn the first principles. And you never leave those. You review the fundamentals in order to dig deeper and to do better and learn more 
and be better equipped to live and teach and draw closer to God. It's like in school. You start out with the ABCs. You learn numbers and how to count, how to add and subtract. <coughs> you learn history and science at a very basic level. But then you move on. You learn more. And you graduate up through the grades to higher levels of knowledge to equip you for life. God intends for us to grow beyond the elementary school of Bible truth. You can't stay in the third grade. You just can't stay in the third grade. God intends for us to grow beyond the elementary school of Bible truth. To bring more light into our minds and to be sustained not just by milk but by solid food. Do you know? Do you know that we have Bible classes here on Sunday mornings at 9.30? And Wednesday night at 7 o'clock? For meat. We have people who attend these classes on a regular basis. A few. We are text-based, Bible-based exposition of Scripture. Nobody here can say, I don't need this. Nobody here can say, I don't have time for this. What about feeding your physical body? Do you skip regular meals over a long period of time? Is it mealtime and you say, well, I don't need this. I don't have time for this. I'm going to skip this meal and that meal. Do you do fasting? We need the meat of the word. And so the lady called and she said, Preacher, what's on the menu? He said, Water, bread, meat, and fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I have a banana every morning with my breakfast. I love strawberry shortcake. My wife is famous for cobblers. And of course, we're back now to Bluebell. But when I see my doctor, she is always telling me I need the whole range of veggies and fruit. 
She always says, I need more berries, I need more variety, I need balance. When we read this passage written by Paul, we may like some of this, but not all of this. But that works against us. In my spiritual diet, I need all of this. In my spiritual garden, I need to grow all of this and produce all of this. <coughs> the Holy Spirit gives me access to this fruit. I need to plant it, cultivate it, consume it, and exhibit it, and grow in it for spiritual life and good influence. I need water and bread and meat and fruit. The lady who visited that morning enjoyed a completely new and nourishing perspective about what's really important. She was pleased, satisfied, soon became a Christian. Her desire for nourishment made her a daily Bible reader. She attended every Bible class and every assembly. She had regular food at home and in a restaurant, but when she came to the church building, she was hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And she left satisfied and so thankful that one day later in her life, she made another phone call to the same preacher and she said, thank you for that first meal. We hope you're going to come back here at 5 o'clock. There won't be steam tables. You're not going to smell food when you come in the door. But if you're hungry for God's Word, that's what we have. We hope and pray and work toward providing meals from the heavenly table written in this book every time we're here. We hope and pray you will go home satisfied. You'll partake of the bread of life at home and in your life when you open the Word of God and use it. We hope and pray we will all bear the fruit of the Spirit and drink the living water. We hope and pray we will speak to our friends and neighbors and we will say to them, we're having a meal at the church building. We're having water, bread, meat, and fruit. And we tell them what that's about. And we invite them because blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let's be standing as we sing.